Hey friends, welcome back to Bigger Than Me. I'm your host, Allie Hare. I want you guys to know that you don't know me. Shocker, I know. I know that's not a shocker to any of you because, or well, most of you, because you actually don't know me. But I say that because I don't know me. I want to be 100% transparent at all times, but there's also a lot of stuff I'm still navigating. I watched a, a movie on Netflix. It's called luckiest girl alive and it's it's pretty it has it has it's dark it is dark trigger warning sexual assault in it there is school shooting it's it's dark it is dark but something stuck out to me in the movie Mila Kunis is the she plays the the main character and she is writing or she she does she writes a piece about this experience that she had and her boss tells her, this is garbage. This is absolute garbage. You're just skirting around it. You're protecting, you're protecting the people who hurt you. And I felt that. <laughs> I felt that really hard. And she said something that I am choosing, I'm, I'm going to take with me. I'm, I'm not ready to get there yet, but I'm going to take it with me. She said, write it like no one will read it. And while that terrifies me, it's so true. Write it like no one will read it. Write it the way it happened. Write it the way you experienced it. Write it like no one will read it. A lot of times I, I tiptoe. I, I tiptoe, I dance around the things I actually want to say, the things that are actually in my head, because it's not easy. It's it's not easy. Nothing's fucking easy, right? This world is a dumpster fire. Nothing's easy. Nowhere on your birth certificate that it say that things are going to be fair or easy, you know, unless you write it in, I guess. But <laughs> um, it's not easy because it's it's hard it's hard coming to terms with your experiences it's hard coming to terms with your experiences i know that i'm not the only person that understands exactly what that means and i also i also have to stop telling myself oh you know it was just it was just verbal abuse it was just mental abuse it was just emotional abuse it was just emotional neglect it was just it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as other people had it. You know, other people had it so much worse than I had it. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your experiences are the things that make you. Your experiences are the things that make you and my experiences are the things that made me. And right now I'm struggling with knowing who I am. I am. I'll be 100% honest with you guys. While I am absolutely just in such a much better place with myself and and the the love and compassion I I show to myself now than I ever have before there's there's still there's still so much work to do and there's still so much to uncover and still so much to to forgive myself for for holding on to beliefs that weren't mine or holding on to things that people said to me that I chose to accept. I didn't have to. But when you're a kid, you know, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, when you're growing up, you know, 
you think you know who you can trust. But it's not always, it's not always the people who are never supposed to hurt you. Again, I, you know, if this is your first time listening to my podcast, welcome to the dumpster fire. <laughs> welcome to the shit show. With my, my recent diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, BPD, again, it was not the first time a doctor told me that they thought I had BPD. It was just the first time I was actually officially diagnosed by a psychiatrist. I'm learning a lot about it a lot about it. I, I do, I try my fucking hardest, I promise, to not doom scroll all day long. But I also, I also want you guys to know that, you know, if you follow me on Instagram and you see, you know, all my pretty pictures and my fabulous outfits, which I'm absolutely gonna give myself credit for, they are top notch. You know, you see my smiling face, you see you see me out doing fun things. And what you need to know is that the majority of the time I am on my couch at home, I cry a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about that. But I also, I, I do, I do. One of the things I've learned about, about my brain through, you know, researching about BPD is understanding why I cry a lot. But it's not, I, I, I cry a lot. I laugh a lot. I get angry a lot. I get really fucking sad a lot because I feel things so hard, so fucking hard. And trust me, it would be way easier if I didn't, like so much easier if I didn't. But I do. I feel things incredibly, incredibly hard. I am a very sensitive person. And so understanding that about myself now and learning that that is, you know, that is a, a, I guess, a cardinal symptom of, symptom? I don't know, cardinal trait of BPD is very intense feelings, very intense emotions. I fucking, I used to hate that about myself. I used to fucking hate that about myself where, you know, I, I couldn't understand why something that shouldn't make me you know, could could piss me off a little bit, annoy me a little bit, why how it could make me just blind with rage. How something that, you know, maybe was a little bit sad or, you know, just a little bit not so great could reduce me to just a a puddle of hysterical tears. I feel things. I feel things so fucking hard. And now that I understand that that's just that is how my brain works. There are so many experiences that I wish I could go back to. There are so many experiences that I wish I could have stood up for myself, that I understood enough about myself to stand up for myself, that I understood enough about the way my brain works to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I just feel things harder. I just feel things harder, so I need you to be a little bit more gentle with me. I, I have spent my whole life trying to make myself into a more palatable version of the intense chaos that's in my brain and, and putting out this version of myself to the world that is, is easier to like, that's easier to love because I thought I was so hard to love. It was so hard to love, so difficult to understand. 
But it turns out I just needed to be, I just needed to be handled a little differently. I needed to be, I needed to be handled with care versus being made fun of for, for being overly emotional, for being too sensitive, for being, for overreacting, for being too dramatic, for all those things that, that the people, the people in my life, nah, Uh, yeah, not ready, not ready. (laughs) I'm not ready. I will, I will write it, write it. I will write it like no one will read it. And maybe that'll just be for me. And maybe it'll be for you. I am tired of coming to this. I'm tired of showing up here and just being so afraid of what I'm going to say and and what I'm going to say. <laughs> like being so afraid to say the things that I'm not saying. And And I don't wish to hurt the people who hurt me because that won't change anything. It won't. And I know that I, you know, have have made plenty of jokes about my my daddy issues, but he's not the only one. He's not the only one. I think about him a lot, a lot, because I know I talked about this in a previous episode, but shortly after, shortly after I decided that my father was no longer going to be in my life, I, I, I started taking stock of the things that I loved or thought that I loved. And I really wanted to make sure that they were things that truly brought me joy or were things that I said that I liked or enjoyed because because he needed me to, because he wanted me to. So for instance, the Panthers, right? I am a diehard I bleed black and blue, win, lose, or tie till I die. But for a couple of years, I did not care for football in general. And it wasn't that I didn't care for it. I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was mine or if it was something I didn't feel safe to say no to. But I am happy to report that I am still a diehard football fan, still a diehard Panthers fan. And regrettably, I'm not the best fantasy football player, but, you know, there's always next year. No, in one of my leagues, I am doing fantastically. I say fantastically. I'm in fourth place, which for me is is great. It's great. In my league, the one that I, I run, I'm not doing so hot. Not so great. But anyway, I did finally break 100. 100 points last week. So yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of shit like that, though, in my life right now that I'm taking stock of, not just things that I believed about myself that weren't my beliefs, but that I held on to things that I things that I I don't know where they came from. If that makes sense. So, you know, we we talk a lot here, or I talk a lot here. (laughs) I talk a lot here about, you know, fat phobia and anti-fatness and how society has just fucked all of us and the the media and the fashion industry just our whole lives making us believe. And I mean, 
they got me. They absolutely got me just making us believe, like, if you don't look like a Victoria's Secret angel, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, why are you even on this planet, right? So I am proud of the work that I've done there to unravel that side of myself. It's a little bit easier to... I never thought I'd say that. It's a little bit easier to to unravel the the outward damage, I think. So, you know, putting instead of wearing baggy clothes just because I'm trying to hide myself, you know, it it has been nice to to put on outfits that I get excited about because they're fun colors or they hug my body in ways that I would have never ever ever shown to the world before and and I won't say that's been an easy journey but it has been enjoyable the inward stuff fucking sucks man it sucks <laughs> it sucks but that's why I'm here I'm here because if if you've never if you've never heard this before or you you don't have I don't know the the resources that I do you don't have the you haven't done the hours of research. I don't know. If you ever felt alone, like in and trapped inside your own goddamn brain, like I am here. I am here. And I want to just, I don't know. I don't know why I hold on to this, but I have this really shitty review on Apple Podcasts. It's like she only talks about herself. Like, hi, this is a like a solo podcast. The fuck else do you want me to talk about? She's like, ew, she just talks about herself the whole time. And she curses too much. Like, okay, there are literally millions of other podcasts. Like, don't listen to mine. But yeah, I, I'm here sharing my experiences because in, in reading about other people's experiences and, and finding, finding people whose brains kind of work like mine, you realize you're not alone. You realize that you're not fucking crazy. You're not crazy. Because <laughs> that's been my narrative my whole life. It's just, oh, she's, you know, she's just fucking crazy. She's, she's being dramatic. Again, she's being dramatic. She's overreacting. She's too sensitive. Too sensitive. She's just fucking crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I just feel things really fucking hard really hard. So I want people, I want you guys to feel like you're not alone. I want you to feel like you're not alone. I want you to know that you're not crazy. I want you to know that it's okay to not be okay. And it's also, it's also okay to be okay when other people aren't okay. I think that's also something that we all should be carrying with us is I know that there's so much bad in the world. I know, trust me, I I do the doom scrolling for all of us, okay? I know there's so much bad in the world, but we can't constantly be apologizing for where we're at in our lives. And you got to give yourself a little grace and and give yourself a little credit. It's okay. It's okay if you're okay. I read I read something like that this morning. My friend Caitlin posted it on her Instagram, and that's really not talked about I don't think at all. I, I see it all the time. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. But it's also, it is okay to be okay. Your entire identity does not have to revolve around what you're doing to make the world a better place. If if all you did was wake up today, I'm proud of you. If no one else told you that, I'm proud of you. 
because I'll be honest with you, I have spent probably, I don't know, maybe a combined 30 minutes off of my couch today. And the rest of it has been on the couch. Part of it was crying on the couch. A good chunk of it was crying on the couch, but now I'm laughing on the couch. Now I'm laughing on the couch because there are good things. There are good things. There are good people. What I have learned and what I do feel comfortable saying is that you get to choose. Maybe. Maybe I'll rewind that. (laughs) Maybe I'll wind that back. I get to choose. And I know that that's a privilege. I get to choose who I have in my life. I do realize I am fortunate that I work for myself and I am, you know, I get to work from home. I, I, get to, I get to decide who has access to me now, which I know is not the case for everyone. And I honestly, I don't know how I would manage if I didn't have that control right now over who gets access to me because I used to be a doormat, a doormat in an effort, again, to make myself more palatable, easier to like, easier to love. I just became a doormat. I became a a quilt. <laughs> I started writing this over the weekend. I have not finished it. When I finish it, hopefully I that will be sometime soon. But I'm going to share with you the couple sentences I put together so far. I am a quilt pieced together at the hands of every single soul I've ever encountered. I am a patchwork of experiences spanning the length of nearly 34 years. Some of my squares are beautifully stitched, a mark of careful hands with attention to detail, and some of my squares were hastily woven together with indifference. Some of my squares are the brightest white, and some are a darker black than a starless sky. And I would love to tell you that I have more there, but I don't. I say all of that because, or I, I wrote that because that that is why I feel like I don't know who I am right now. Because I feel like I am a collection of every other person that I've come into contact with because that is a a a mechanism for me. That is a coping mechanism for me. That is a trauma mechanism for me that If I do everything right, maybe they'll love me. Maybe they'll care. (sighs) And now I have the absolute privilege of feeling like I know I have so much to give, so much love to give, so much kindness to give, so much. I have so much to give, but I am no longer giving it out for free to just anyone who wants to take. I can't. I can't anymore because I lost me. I lost me, but I also don't know that I ever really knew me, but I'm starting to. I'm starting to, and she's really fucking cool. It's funny, sometimes I think that the version of me now, I think high school Allie would, would, I think she'd be okay with me. I think she'd be okay with me. High school and and my early 20s were the the hardest years of my life. And part of me is like, no, high school, I would be like, 
hey, you know, you wanted to be an actress and move to New York City and all these things. But High School Allie also was desperate for people to like her and desperate to be loved and understood and cherished and all these things that she never fucking said out loud because it was easier to put up walls. It was easier to put up walls than risk getting hurt because I had been shown time and time again that my real self was too much. It was too much. So I think high school Allie would really fucking like me now. Even if I don't know, know exactly who that is right now, I think she'd really like me. Because I no longer give a fuck. I don't. I don't. And I feel like maybe I've gone a little bit too far on the other end of the spectrum. So, like, I'm trying to crawl back a little bit. But I don't give a fuck. You don't like me? That's fine. That's fine. There are so many people out there for you to like. And there are so many people out there who do like me. But that doesn't matter to me anymore. Because I think I like me. I'm pretty sure I like me. Like I said, I still, I'm still figuring out who me is. I'm still figuring out which parts of the quilt I put together. Does that make sense? I, I think I stopped myself in the middle of that thought earlier, but yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out which parts of me are just me and not someone else's version of me, someone else's opinion of me, someone else's beliefs about me. I want to find which parts are just me. And those are the parts I want to nurture. Those are the parts that I want to spend time with. I'm learning that I am just, I am easy to love. Because all I want is kindness and understanding. I think everybody just wants to be understood, especially these days. I think everybody just wants to be understood. And I think that people deserve to be understood. They do. Now, with that said, do I think that we need to keep doing, you know, documentaries on serial killers? No, I don't fucking care where Jeffrey Dahmer came from. I had a fucked up childhood and I'm not eating people. So, you know, <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Jeffrey Dahmer's backstory, okay? Thanks a lot, George Lucas. That probably, I don't think, George Lucas, creator of Star Wars. And when he did, did I just snort? I I also spend like 90% of my day laughing at myself because I think that I'm just absolutely hilarious. But George Lucas wrote the, created Star Wars and put out the god-awful prequels. Fight me. I don't care. I don't like the prequels. I put out these god-awful prequels, and it's like, here's here's Anakin Skywalker's backstory. Here's Darth Vader's back. No one fucking asked for Darth Vader's backstory, okay? <laughs> no one asked, right? So that's what I mean. Like, I, <laughs> I just... Not... Not everyone deserves a Netflix special, okay? Not every fucking person or serial killer deserves a goddamn Netflix special, okay? Let the people rest. But yeah, I think the majority of people deserve to be understood. And I think the biggest thing I've learned this year is that it's okay to ask to be understood. It is okay to ask to be treated the way you want to be treated. It is okay to ask to be 
regarded the way you want to be regarded, to be considered the way you want to be considered, to be loved the way you want to be loved, the way you need to be loved. It is okay to ask for what you need. That is the probably the number one lesson I've learned this year is that it is safe to ask for what you need. And if there are people in your life that are unable or unwilling to even try to understand you, I hope that you're in a place that those people don't get as much access or any access to you as they have in the past. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, I'm, I am just a normal girl with, with a fucking iPhone. Okay. <laughs> like I have the fancy podcast equipment. I don't use it. I literally record this in my voice memos on my iPhone. I, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I appreciate you being here, but I am simply here because Yes, I talk about myself a lot, but I am hoping that the lessons that I'm learning about myself can help you too, can help somebody because I wish I'd heard this a long time ago. I wish I'd learned this a long time ago, but I can't change my past. I can't change the experiences I've already had, but I can change I can decide the experiences I will have moving forward for the most part, <laughs> for the most part. And again, I do recognize that that is a privilege that I have, that I am able to, to cut people out of my life, to limit access to myself, to choose when and where and who all those things. I, I do recognize that as a privilege. If you are in a similar spot, I, I hope that, that you'll take the time to consider that you are worth what you want. You are worth what you need. And if speaking up for yourself and advocating for yourself and your own happiness is going to push anyone away, then let them go. <laughs> let them go. Because there are people, there are people out there. There are people out there who can't wait to understand you. There are people out there who can't wait to love you. I wish I'd known that a long time ago, but I know that now. And I wish I knew how to communicate it better so that I could literally, <laughs> I could help every single person who's ever felt like me because God, I know how much it fucking hurts. I know how much it hurts to feel so misunderstood and to feel desperate, just desperate to do anything, anything that would make someone like you. Being a yes girl, right? The people pleaser, the yes girl. Yes, I'll take those extra shifts. Yes, I'll, I'll, I will. I think I volunteered to babysit a couple times, even though I'm, I'm terrible at that. You know, yes, I will 
stay late. Yes, I will come early. Yes, I will. Yes, I will be your punching bag. Yes, I will be your therapist. Yes, I will be your best friend. Yes, I will be whatever the fuck you need me to be so that you won't leave me. Again, another cardinal trait of BPD. I am terrified, terrified of abandonment. Terrible, terrible fear of abandonment. But if someone can't or won't at least make the effort to try and understand what you need, it's very likely because they don't understand what they need. And you got to let those people go. Hurt people hurt people. And here's all my, you know, cheesy quotes for this episode. Hurt people hurt people. But if you don't try to heal your wounds, you're going you're gonna to bleed on people who didn't cut you. And I have done that. I have done that. A lot. But I'm actively fighting that now. I'm actively, I'm actively working on learning who the fuck I am. So that when I do get outrageously mad or I do get incredibly sad or when I do get blissfully happy or, or any number of, of emotions so I can understand where those emotions are coming from versus treating the other person like they're the ones who made me that way. Because they're not. Because they're not. And so I, I actively try not to bleed on anyone anymore. I want to rely on myself and my... I want to trust myself. I want to trust that I understand and know where my emotions are coming from and know that they are valid and know that they are not wrong. There's nothing wrong with me because I feel things too hard. No matter how many times they tried to tell me, I let other people convince me that I was a bad person because I couldn't always understand where my emotions were coming from. But I'm not a bad person. And I'm learning to trust myself and my own experiences so that I know what triggers me and where that trigger came from. Again, I'm going to wrap this up for you guys, but I realized that this is, what, 30, 40 minutes of me talking about myself. But again, I just want to share my knowledge and my understanding of mental health, of personality disorders, in, in the hopes that, again, if you ever felt this way about yourself, if you ever couldn't trust your own fucking head. <laughs> if you ever felt like you didn't know who you were because you believed what other people told you about yourself, I'm here. I'm here and I am figuring this out. And I'd love it if you, you know, wanted to come back and keep listening because I hope it helps.
I really, really fucking hope it helps because I didn't know. I didn't know that I was perfectly okay being exactly who I am. And I want that for you. I want that for everyone. Everyone. So I'm going to wrap this up. If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at bigger than me pod or at lights camera alley. You can email me at bigger than alley at gmail.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, I would love it if you would like, follow, subscribe, whatever the right word is. Please rate and review. If you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a really nice review to drown out the chick who's like, all she does is talk about herself. Yeah, it's my podcast. But if you would do that, I would love that. Yeah, I am a big girl. I got a big personality, but this shit, this shit's bigger than me. Bye, guys.